Welcome to the Small School Big Time Hoops Podcast with your host, Javon Masters. I know, I know, it's been a while since I've last recorded an episode. I appreciate all the support and encouragement I have received towards the pod. I wanted to take some time away to support and listen to some other voices that have been talking about things that are bigger than basketball. There are a lot of people advocating and working towards change. Please continue to support and listen to other voices. Together, we can achieve justice and make our society a better place. You can make a difference in making sure that all people understand that black lives matter. With all that being said, it feels great to be back bringing you another episode today. Before we get into it, if you haven't had a chance, go check out the opening tip to find out what this pod is all about. After that, check out some of the great guests who've already joined the pod. I know you'll enjoy our conversations. I'm excited to bring you episode number 11 today. Our guest today is the head women's basketball coach at Loris College in Dubuque, Iowa, Justin Heinzen. Heading into year 14 as the head coach at Loris, he has amassed a 202-122 and record with 12 winning seasons, two conference championships, and three NCAA tournament appearances. The last two years, the Dewhawks have combined to go 47-10 with back-to-back NCAA tournament at-large bids. We talk about the growth he has seen from his program, why these last two years were so special, and how the Dewhawks got to this point. We also talk about his unique journey into college basketball, his start at Lakeland College, and the things he learned along the way. We also talk about how he became the head coach at Loris. He reflects on those first few years and the struggles he faced as a young coach, and he gives some advice on how to be successful early in your career. Just as a great coach and mentor to young athletes, I know you'll enjoy this conversation. When we come back, you'll hear from the head wounds basketball coach at Loris College, Justin Heinzen. I am really excited to have the head wounds basketball coach at Loris College in Dubuque, Iowa, Justin Heinzen, join the pod. Loris is coming off of a two-year stretch where they combined to go 47-10. and 10. Coach, thank you for joining the pod. Happy to be here. I appreciate, appreciate you reaching out and having me. Well... Coach, I want to talk about your story, but I think I have to mention that with everything that's going on in the world right now, um, for you, this could be arguably what would have been one of your best teams and your season ended a little bit prematurely. We will talk about kind of your season, um, but first I want to talk about kind of what life is like for you right now. Um, We're a few months into the pandemic. We're basically through the stages of mass quarantine and life is slowly returning to quote unquote normal. But for you, what has the last few months been like and what have you taken away from this whole time? Yeah, it's, it's been a fun few months. I think, um, you know, from a work perspective, it's, it's forced us in probably in a good way to reevaluate some things uh, recruiting wise and how we can, be creative and maybe a little bit different in different platforms, um, which has been good and and probably, like I said, needed. Um, And how we stay aggressive in recruiting without normal recruiting, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Family time has been really awesome, though. And it's been a fun fun go at it, you know, just the amount of time we get to spend with each other and coaching baseball and softball teams and and that sort of stuff. So that's been a blessing. And um, I think – I was talking to somebody yesterday. I think like the kids are going to look back at quarantine and say, Hey, dad was home every single day. That was kind of cool. Um, Cause that hadn't happened normally. Uh, so it's been a good, it's been a great thing for us for sure. 
definitely. That is special. And I'm sure you had some opportunities to make some memories that they'll definitely take away from it. Um, for you, I know you have a couple of young kids. How, how is the house like? Is it kind of crazy? Are they full of energy? What's, a, what's <laughs> yeah. it look like for you? Yeah, it is crazy, but we it's just managing the crazy, right? And that's mm-hmm. part of that is parenting. Um, that might be parenting overall, but um, we've had fun with it. And, and really, like, my, my kids are four and six, so they're going to be crazy, and it's going to be go, go, go. But uh, we enjoy that, and they've adapted a little bit. You know, it's been a blessing, too, here. Daycares really didn't close, so they're part-time daycare, um, very part-time, but you know, so I'm still able to do a little bit of work, but we, we've certainly had more time at home than ever before. So that's been good. And yeah, we embrace the crazy. That's a fun thing. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. Coach. I really want to dive into your story. And I think we have to start at the beginning because how you got where you are now is really unique. Um, there's a few different events that led you to Loris and, Mm -hmm they're pretty atypical to what you see for maybe some of your peers. Um, yeah. You in the past, you mentioned to me that you played Juco basketball before attending Wisconsin Lutheran college. You didn't continue to play at Wisconsin Lutheran. Uh, you weren't a student assistant or anything like that, but you did take an interesting position within the basketball world while you were there. Can you tell us what that was and kind of what that experience was like for you? Yeah, so um, I was I, I wasn't very good at basketball. I was uh, kind of a Dennis Rodman kind of guy. And, um, <laughs> I lo- actually I loved rebounding, but that wasn't going to get me very far. Um, so I was actually a better baseball player than anything. I decided to stick with that a little bit longer than basketball. Um, but like you said, as soon as I got out of playing, um, and I didn't know it probably at the time, but my dad just instilled this coaching itch in me that I hadn't tapped yet. And, um, that sort of spiraled that. So one of the untapped worlds, and it probably still is, is just what do college kids do in the summer? Uh, and I tried to tap into that market a little bit. So I ran a, like a college tournament travel team in a way, uh, of the best players I could find in the state of Wisconsin. Um, and we had some really, I mean, we had Natalie Berglund from GB, Amanda Pope from GB, uh, Katie Hardy played, uh, and a couple really high level players from the state. And we just traveled uh, around playing in tournaments and um, got it sponsored and fundraised. And uh, that was my first bit into coaching. I mean, I really didn't have to coach those kids too much, and I probably really didn't know what that even meant. But <laughs> um, in a way, it was a little bit of recruiting. In a way, it was coaching. Um, and there was some structure to what we were doing. But uh, that sort of snowballed everything into, yeah, maybe this is something I want to entertain, but little did I know that that was kind of the start of it. Yeah. And that's awesome. When you were telling me about that, I had honestly never heard of anything like that. And I thought that was super cool and super unique. Um, you told me after your time at w, uh, WLC, you had some plans for grad school, but that kind of changed for you after, a tough summer where you dealt with some health-related issues. Uh, then you decided to reach out to the Lakeland head coach, April Arvin, about a volunteer position with the Wounds Basketball Program. For you, that was kind of your first taste of coaching at the college level in terms of a basketball program. 
what did you take away from the, your two years at Lakeland? Um, a lot. And in hindsight, more than I thought, um, we, yeah, so I was, it was a messed up story and a crazy story, how everything worked out, but I got lead poisoning in a real bad way going into that summer. Um, so I lived at home, which was Manitowoc, Wisconsin, and the closest school was, um, Lakeland. Um, I didn't know anything about him. I didn't, you know, not, not the amount of research that's done for interviews now. Like I, I went in naively blind to <laughs> who they were, um, met with their staff. I shot a random email to April saying, Hey, I'm, I'm in the area. I'd love to jump on and work for free. And, um, I, and I think she gave me maybe a thousand or two. I'm not even sure. Um, but I didn't have anything going. You know, I, I uh, ended up going back to school to get an education degree, uh, and the, but I, did, I had nothing in the fire. And I, as I got into education, I realized I, I probably don't want to be in the classroom. Um, so coaching is where I fell back on. And um, April was kind enough to, to bring me on without knowing anything about me. Um, but that was a really fun go. Lakeland was thriving at the time. We had some really good players and a really good program. Uh, April probably knew culture better than anyone I've ever seen and understood people, the people part of coaching better than anyone I've ever been around. Um, and that's how you make a school in the middle of four cornfields really, really good uh, in her eyes. Um, and she was awesome. The crazy thing about that story is um, she had MS and um, it was getting pretty elevated. I think her, my second year there, where I, she was on IVs before games and uh, physically it was just taking a toll on her. So, you know, in a blessing sort of a way, she, she delegated and in uh, a credit to her, she delegated everything to her, her staff at the time. Um, and I made a part-time job, a full-time job hour, hour, hour wise and um, try to get as much as I could out of it, but give as much as I could. Cause she gave a, a ton to me Um so after she, um, after she resigned after that year, she's still there, um, but just not on a basketball end. And I think so much of the MS medication has changed over the course of the years too, um, that she's in a much better place. But um, that was a that was a whirlwind of a two years in terms of trial by fire and getting your feet wet and experience as a tremendous teacher, as I think we're going to talk about a little bit later too. But um, yeah, it all had to do with just crazy timing and events fortunate or not uh that led to a really fun two years there with a really awesome staff yeah coach and you alluded to it um timing played a big role in kind of your progression as a coach um in 2007 after your two years at lakeland you made the decision to join the loris coaching staff as an assistant and you could argue that this decision was a life-altering one for you. Um, after you joined the staff, the former head coach at Loris, uh, Shauna Green, who is the current head coach at Dayton Uni- University, left for an assistant coaching position with Providence University. That left you and your third year as a collegiate coach to become the interim head coach of the Loris Duhawks. What was going through your mind when Shauna left and you found out that this was going to be your program? Um, I think – yeah, I don't. I don't exactly know. I think it was the question that everybody asks, like, "Are am I ready?" And I was so 
raw and like April taught me a ton, but there's so many decisions you in hindsight don't know about making when, when you're a head coach and um, everything falls back on you. And really like if, if me moving to a head coach meant we had to hire an assistant that is going to take some more time. So there was a transition period of just me. Um, so I picked up the phone and called the only person I knew how to handle in April and um, drove to Sheboygan. I, I remember probably the first day, uh, maybe the second day after they asked if I would do it. Um, drove to her house and said, what the heck is going on? Um, <laughs> how do I do this? I'm freaking out in a way. Um, it, we just illegally don't tell anybody this, but did a little small fireworks show um, in our driveway. And my four-year-old said, uh, he ran behind one of the chairs and said, I'm freaking out. And I, I picture like that setting comparable to that first, Hey, this is your team. I love uh, that. Conversation. So, um, and April, like she, like she does builds people up and, and, uh, instilled me with all the confidence that I need, I needed to, at least for the ride home. Um, but you, I don't like, you'll never know if you're fully ready, uh, and experience, like I want to do that all over again for sure, but I learned a ton through the way, and it it was an awesome. It has been an awesome ride. There's a few things I certainly would change about it, but there's only one way to get into it, and um, and that's feet first. And we did that, um, and I just learned a ton throughout. Without learning from somebody else, I think that was the best teacher for us, is and for me is just learning what works by, by doing. Um, and I had a few people that were really close to me that I could call on and a few trusty, really trusty assistants along the way that really helped for sure. Definitely. And coach, I'm going to put you on the spot. I know I kind of gave you a premise of what we're going to talk about, but this made me think, what is the first thing, like, what was the first thing you did when you found out besides drive to April's house? Like, what was it? What were you like? I got to get this done or I got to figure this out. Yeah, I um, I was I thought at that moment in time, coaching was like, what offense are we going to run? How are we going to mm. defend? Um, and not super naively, right? Um, mm-hmm. I didn't even. I mean, I knew the players on our team, but I didn't know them. Um, so I probably approached practice three weeks later, like, here's our offense, let's roll. Um, <laughs> which was not a good way to do it, right? Um, so that's. That's probably my first mindset going in because I hadn't, I, I didn't know any better. Mm-hmm. Um, but we needed to have an offense in my mind. Um, so just paging through, you know, what we've used before and what might work for our team. But um, that's probably where I started, if I can remember right. That's that's more than fair. I think that's kind of similar to where my mindset would be. And the way you're talking about it makes it seem like you you weren't ready and the first year was just all in shambles. But when we look back, 17 and 9, that's a that's a great first year. And I, I think we obviously have to mention that um, Shauna did a great job recruiting some talented players. But one thing I learned really quickly is that talented players can be derailed by things that go on throughout the season. Um mm-hmm. You obviously did a great job that first year. When you think back on that first year, what do you think about? Like, what comes to mind? Yeah, well, we we um, we started out ten and zero. Um, and could you believe you know, it? No, 
Uh, I thought this was easy, right? <laughs> um, so they took the interim tag away after we were 10-0. and 0, And then we lost like six in a row. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like, put it back on. Get rid of them. Um, but it wasn't roses for sure. Uh, it was masked by like really good talent. Um, but, you know, it wasn't a clean locker room. I mean, we had some super loyal, and they still are. I love them to death. Um, alum and, and players at the time that were that were great and had my back. And um, But I didn't know enough about relationship building to have everybody's back, probably. Um, so, um, we you know, we butted heads, and it wasn't a sustainable model by any means. No, no I didn't know that at the time. Um, but it wasn't a – I mean, it was a fun year, um, and I loved that team. I wish I could do it again with that team, but uh, like it wasn't sustainable. So, mm-hmm. yeah, the 10-0 model was great. And the schedule might have helped that a little bit. I, I can't even remember who we all played, but it wasn't a world beater schedule probably. Um, but it wasn't sustainable. You, you just learned a lot of lessons throughout the way that, like, what to do. <laughs> Maybe more importantly, what not to do. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I remember a, a conversation um, with one of our seniors. We were, we were at practice one day and, was early in the year, I think, and uh, I told, I think I had the team get on the line and run it on back for something, whether it's a turnover or something we were trying to do offensively. Or I can't remember the exact scenario, but one of our seniors said uh, something while she was running by me that I didn't like, and I kicked her out of the gym. And um, the crazy, I mean, that night I get a email to uh, meet with our president, and this is probably like three weeks in. Well, her, the, the senior, and I said stuff I shouldn't when I told her to leave the gym. Um, well, her dad, the senior's dad was on the board of regents. And so I thought like, I called, I again called April on my way up to the office of the president saying, this is probably the shortest tenure of a college basketball coach <laughs> in the history of college basketball. Um, but, um, you know, I was in the, I was in the wrong for how I handled it. I think she'll tell you she was in the wrong for how she handled it. And it was just a, butting heads scenario um nonetheless i our president is super about supporting athletics about having people's backs about understanding situations about second chances i think too and um that conversation that we had that night although i was shaking in my boots uh, (laughs) completely validated like this is a place that sustainably i think we can do something with um, and it's been proven that you can win here and, and that sort of thing. So that was a good springboard and a good, I think, confidence booster, but one of the lessons certainly learned along the way um, in a very scared setting for sure. Well, you mentioned it, Coach. Um, you, you, think, you thought that there was the opportunity to have sustainable success at Loris, and in your first six years from 2007 to the 2012-13 season, you go 93-67 and 67, where you were over 500 every single year except for one. However, you kind of mentioned to me that the 2013-14 season was the year for you that really validated what you were trying to do, what you were trying to build. Can you explain why that 13-14 season was so special? Yeah, so this is... Uh, you got to go back just a little bit to understand. I think um, 
so we after that first year we returned eight players um and i started so late like i didn't know anything about recruiting right you didn't i wasn't out in the summer recruiting um because i started in july and it was um i didn't go on the road when i first started Uh, shauna had her list and you know she knew she was doing recruiting wise but i didn't Mm -hmm. um so i think that first year we brought in three people we returned eight from the year before. So it was the first year of recruiting was simply just like, we got to get some bodies in here mm-hmm. um, and stabilize the roster a little bit. Um, so we did that. Our second year, we were in 21 and started a full JV team um, and brought some stability within the program for sure. Not that it was unstable, but like you can't practice 10 on 10 or five on five. Yeah. Um, so we did that after a year and then that next year um, we really took a look at recruiting and like how we want to tackle this, how we want to handle this. And um, we focused so much on the people part of recruiting uh, and less on the basketball part of recruiting. So that freshman class that year was the team that won the championship in 2013, 14. Mm. Um, And we didn't know as we were building it, like where that was going to go or what it was going to yield. Um, but it turned a certain, like there's moments in your coaching career that you'll never, ever forget. Right. And this was one of them. Um, the, the locker room after our game and the NCAA tournament, um, like validated what we were doing was working, uh, and recruiting people and the right people for us. Um, so we spent a lot of time on that recruiting and less about like how many points are you scoring and that sort of thing. And we were really, really looking for certain traits and attributes in, in different spots on the floor. And it didn't have to be all or nothing for sure. But um, it really validated what we were doing in recruiting that this has some staying power and this is going to be really good for us. So that's what thirteen fourteen did for us. Um, and it took a ton of buy-in because it was a culture shift for sure. Um, but it was a slow progression of it and it just snowballed with momentum. And I think that only has springboarded everything since, but that was a class that sort of laid the foundation on it all. Um, and paved the way for everybody else, I think to understand like this can be done and this is how, this is a formula to do it. Definitely. And you kind of talked about how that class paved the way, um, after that 2013-14 season, you win 15-plus games um, every year. You're in the upper echelon of your conference. But I think that 2018-19 was the year where you can really say that your program took maybe that next step. You guys were really good. You were really consistent. And then 2018-19, you guys became elite. Um, 22 wins. First at-large bid to the NCAA tournament. What made that 2018-19 season and team maybe different than some of the past teams that were really good but not quite a step up? Yeah, well, um, there's a lot that goes into that question for sure. Uh, Part of it is, you know, we are hovering um, top 30 to 50. 40 in the country somewhere in that range every single year in that little gap between 13 to 19. Um, and like, truth be told, like to break that next echelon is pretty darn hard because there's mm-hmm. some really good, like 
every year the same group, um, minus one or two, but you're pretty consistent with who your top 25 are in women's basketball. And um, to break that tier took a while. Um, and it, I don't, you know, it's not that we've arrived for, by any means, but um, it just took a, a, a little bit to, to understand how those teams play at such a high level consistently. And we played them and got rung a bunch. By <laughs> them. Um, but it, it did teach us a lot um, in the learning process. So that's, that's part of it. Secondly, you know, 18, 19, we made it to the tournament. Um, 17, 18, we graduated six seniors all pretty darn good and a lot of playing time. And there was a lot of questions about like what Loris was going to have. And like, there was just a lot of unknowns experience wise Mm -hmm. in positions or anything like that. Um, But I remember a conversation with our seniors to be at the end of that year. um, And they, I wasn't, they sold me on the fact that like, we're going to be better than what we are, even though we lost all these points per game and some pretty dynamite contributors and all conference and all region kids. Um, they really, really worked and hung their head on that. They weren't huge in the stat stuff for columns, um, but redefined and like took culture to a whole new level. Um, I'll get into a few stories with that. So we had a, one of the seniors was she's at university of Iowa in their social work program now. And, um, she came back and said, I want to run a, we call mental health Mondays now. Um, so she got the team together in, and it was part of, you know, part of it was like, all right, let her go with it and let her have fun with it and let her take the, take the reins of it. I initially bucked it because I wanted to be a part of it, but she said, I think our, our team needs to get closer without you guys. And so she ran with it. It was a eight, six to eight week program where she, didn't I don't think she led all of it, but she led a good chunk of it and bringing our team closer and helping them understand each other more. And I remember after week one, uh, one of our seniors came up and said, uh, I never used to under, I never understood uh, our point guard at the time. I never understood her. I like, I never understood Mackenzie. I never understood why she did the things she does and why she plays the way she does. And, and after week one of Mental Health Monday, she said, there's no question I'm going to I, I'm going to fight for her every single day now. So these conversations are like heavy in terms of uh, emotional connection. And, yeah, there, I, there's tons of tears, but it also breaks down layers and creates like vulnerability within your team. Um, and that was on, that started with an idea that one of our seniors had um to like let's take this to another level um and each senior brought a little bit something different in huge capacities that way to that team that understood probably the year before that as talented as we were we just underachieved on basketball ability Mm -hmm. um because that wasn't sustainable so they they took a step back to their credit and said Hey, we're really good at basketball and we feel good about that part, but we, here's where we have to improve. And they ran with it. Um, taught me a ton about it, but they wanted to amp up the locker room and, and leadership and they did. Um, so that's what made that team different uh, is they just took it to another level um, and showed, I think this year's team too, like how dangerous you can be with not only good players, but like a really good locker room. Definitely. I've heard a lot about player 
led locker rooms being the most successful. And I think as a coach, that's, that's what you want. You want your players to grow into individuals who can get buy-in from other people and get people to believe in them and work towards a universal cause. So that's, that's truly special coach. Yeah. And that's really hard. Like it's not normal. No. Uh, Cause your human nature fights it all the time. And it's just a constant reminder. Well, yeah. That 2018-19 season was really special for you, Coach, but 2019-20, you could argue, was even more special. Um, I think that the one thing that people could, if they had to knock you on maybe something, they could say that you haven't had that deep run into the NCAA tournament yet. And this year, you go 25-4, and you earn the second straight at-large bid to the NCAA championship, um, we're going to dive into the NCAA tournament because that was something special for you guys. But before we do, I kind of want to talk about the conference tournament because it kind of um, is interesting uh, how it all played out. You played Luther College first, who mm-hmm. kind of had your number during the regular season. Um, you had four losses, and I believe they gave you two of them. Right. And you get revenge on them. And then you play number eight, Wartburg, who is always very strong. And you guys had split in the regular season. So it was going to be a tough game. And you didn't quite pull that game out. So you're going into the NCAA tournament on a loss. Before we talk about the NCAA tournament, can you take us through what you remember about the Luther game and then the Wartburg game? Yeah, so um, Luther was good. They, I mean, I don't, I don't know what they ended up their record ended up as, I think they started out like 0 and 6 or 0 and 7, but had the number one schedule in the country at one point this year. So it was a little bit deceiving and they're super senior led, uh, with some really talented, um, guards. So they can hang with you. Um, but we were excited to play them. I, I think we wanted them again. And after we lost that second game to them, we said like, we'll have another shot. We ended up getting that shot and we were excited about it in part. Like, we were playing really good basketball at the end, for sure. But um, we just weren't full strength when we played them either time. Um, So, and not even close. to Like, we were missing some pretty key pieces both rounds. And um, we were playing at a higher level um, and had huge, like, huge, huge big-time contributions and some big-time games down the stretch from high-level players and uh, felt really actually good about that matchup despite having get lost twice so far. Um, it's hard to be the team three times. <laughs> Not if you're better, but um, we controlled that game. And I, 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 I did feel good about it. It's weird to say that because they, they got us twice. But uh, I did feel good about going into that game, like where we were at, where our heads were at, and how much we improved in January and February to like be ready for this stretch. So... And we controlled the flow of the game, and that was a huge part of it uh, for us. And I thought defensively we had grown a ton uh, in the, in probably the last three weeks of the season. That things were starting to like come together more consistently. We we're actually like really, really resisting teams. Um, so that that was that. Warburg, they're 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 darn good, and I'm you know be. I think it was one of the better teams that they've ever had. And, and they've had some really good Final Four teams and things like that. Um, they got bounced, and I think, in the second round of the tournament. But I would like to see them, like, have a rematch or go in a different pod and, and see how far they can go because they're were, they were good. And 
that's just a really high level game. We didn't we didn't play extremely well, but part of that's because they're just good. And mm-hmm. at that and that in that stage in that atmosphere, um, you just can't make a ton of mistakes without getting exploited. And they did that. Uh, we made mistakes, and they took advantage um, to their credit. And that's not uncommon either. It wasn't like let's do it again. I mean, it's going to be a close game, and I think as poorly as we played, it was still a ten or twelve point game, uh, and we had chances. But um, I mean, a really cool atmosphere. I mean, they. Us and them have had a great rivalry, competitive rivalry for a while now, and it's fun to play them, and our players respect them, and I love their coach, and um, it's just a fun atmosphere to be in, especially with 2,000 screaming people. Like, those are, win or lose, those are games you remember, for sure. That is special, Coach. And after that tough loss to Wartburg, I kind of alluded to it, but you did earn an at-large bid to the tournament, and you drew um, UW lacrosse in the first round and um, you had been to the tournament before, but that win in the tournament had kind of eluded you Um, this time around, you wouldn't be denied. You pulled a 68 52 win for your first uh, for the first NCAA tournament victory in school history. What was that moment? Like it was, I don't don't know. It was, it was sort of relieving, but we didn't, we didn't approach it that way. Um, Mm Mm-hmm. We got railroaded by DePaul a year before that in the first round at Oshkosh um, in a game where they just dominated every aspect of. And we returned a ton of contributors from that team to the tournament this year. Um, So I felt like the experience of the tournament wasn't as big for us. um, Mm -hmm. Where I think maybe, and I'm, I'm not to speak for them, but lacrosse hadn't done it. Uh, and the experience of the term was a little bit bigger. And I think that played a little bit of a role, um, mainly in terms of aggressiveness. And lacrosse runs a dribble drive that if they're super aggressive, they can they can put you in the spin cycles and totally get you on your heels. But I thought we were the aggressor of that game, and that was a huge, huge differentiator for us. Um, but I think part of that has to do with the experience that we had in the tournament. And it wasn't a good one, but we had experience there. Um, so you combine like a return of experience to the talent we had. And I think that made for a, a good setting for us. I, but in the locker room after it wasn't, um, elation and celebration and water fights and all that. It was like, we got, we didn't come here to win one. Um, and we said that like, and everybody agreed with that. And I'm, I'm not just blowing smoke and like throwing out what should be said. Like we had a job to do and it wasn't, it was to beat lacrosse, but we had another game coming up and that's what we were there for. I think I didn't know that, but I think that really tell like states this testament to what your team was able to do that next day. And you also just told me something I didn't know um, was that that next day you played DePaul again. I didn't know that was a mm-hmm. rematch from the year prior. <laughs> They're number four in the nation. Yeah. And they obviously had been in this position before and you hadn't. And it was a tight game, but 71-60 victory for you. Just like that, you're headed to the first Sweet 16 in school history. When you think back to maybe that locker room or that feeling after the game, was that different or was it more of the same? You guys were on a mission. <laughs> no, that was different. Um, okay. Because we had a, we had another week, and we were going to soak that one up for sure. And soak is probably a really good word. But um, 
there was uh what was exciting about that was the feeling that they gave us uh a year ago and it wasn't like bitter rivalry because we respect the heck out of them uh and who they are and what they do um but we came into practice that preseason and that season saying like we physically got beat up by another team and we're changing that and whether we see them or not down the road like that's how we're going to get better uh and that's how we've learned over the course of time by playing the top 25 teams um and DePaul showed us some things that we just are, we're on a different level. So we practice all year for it, not for them, but like, we got to get better at this. You guys remember this. We have to, and that was our sort of our rallying cry all year was like, there's another level to get nationally. There's another echelon we have to bump. And this is what it looks like. Um, so that was, that's, that was most exciting for me is like, we did that and we physically controlled that game. Um, the press crushed them and like things that we've spent a lot of time trying to change in our program were changed in that game. Um, and that, that was exciting for me, obviously to, to be somewhere we've never been before for our team was, I was proud of them and happy for them. Cause we, we played a really, really full game. Mm-hmm. Um, but to validate, like they learned a lesson and, just physically took it to DePaul and I, yeah, that was, that was exciting for sure. Well, you definitely did get that validation. You made it to the first sweet 16 in school history. I know that's special to you, but you didn't know it at the time, but that DePaul game would be the last one that your team got to play together. Um, COVID forced the cancellation of your sweet 16 game against UW Oshkosh, which I would have loved to see, Yeah, but <laughs> Can you take us through kind of the emotions that you and your program went through when you found out that your season was over? Yeah, I don't, um, I don't know if that fully set in until like a while later. Um, there are no word, like I didn't have a words for that as much as you could kind of see it coming. And Brad and I were talking all week about like what, what's happening, everything transpiring in the NBA and all that stuff. Um, but naive, I still didn't have a speech ready for like they canceled their season and we're done. We just tried to be together as much as we could. Heartbroken for the seniors for sure. Um, but even like the closure of the season wasn't like you got beat. So mm-hmm. it took a little while for like closure to set in on how all this went down. Um, and it took a lot longer for that to happen than normal for me and for them. But the hard, you know, the unknown is what's a killer. When when somebody beats you, you like they're better and they're moving on. But not knowing is a is a tough thing. Like how far could we have gone? And, I, and Brad's going to say, rightfully so, the same thing because I think that game would have been awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, but I wonder how far could we have gone, right? And, yeah, uh, we'll never we'll never know. Well, coach, I don't want to end um, our reflection on this past year on a sour note because. You mentioned it was an extremely validating year. It was really special for your group to go to a place that Loris has never been before. Um, what will you remember the most from this past year? Um, I remember the locker room at DePaul for sure. I'll remember um, in a in a learning way, like we had a stretch of like dog days of practice where like it was a battle in practice and we weren't great uh, in terms of a few intangible things that we 
talk about and preach every day. And um, we had a stretch in the middle that was just, and we won games, but we don't, we don't measure our success really in games as much as we do day to day. Um, and that's just how we handle it. But we had a stretch there that wasn't good in practice and we showed up and maybe had better players that night or something like that. So it was masked a little bit. So trying to under, like have our team understand that and the mental like toughness it takes to push through that and want more than that, knowing that like everybody in, in the world is saying we're really, really good. Um, maybe that got to us for a minute. But without it didn't take a loss to do it, but without like having a loss happen, um, they responded really maturely to like trying to reach for more uh, to their credit on a day-to-day basis. And I'll remember that a lot because um, every coach, a lot of the coaches that we played and talked to and um, said like, your team's legit, your team's so good. And I was like, you should come to practice. We're not. Um, but they fought through that. And by the, by the end, like I was really, really believing we were darn good. Um, because they battled through not being good. Um, they battled through pressure, um, expectations. They handled really, really well. Um, so they answered the call of a lot of different tests that were thrown at them. Like not even from a team to team perspective, um, because you're always going to have an opponent, but they handled themselves really well fighting, their thoughts or somebody else's thoughts or public or human nature. And I was excited about like that growth more than anything, probably. That's awesome, coach. Um, I know that this is one of the seasons that you'll always remember, probably because of COVID, of course, but (laughs) because of all the special things that and the growth that you did see from all of your girls. So it was truly a special year. And I know, this upcoming season um, will probably be more of the same and hopefully more memories will be made. Hopefully. <laughs> I'm going to hit you with some rapid fire questions. Okay. Yep. All right. How would your players describe you as a coach? Well, I've listened to your pod before, so I'm, I feel like I'm cheating because I know what's coming, <laughs> but um, I'm a perfectionist. I think they would say that for sure. I think they love and hate that at the same time. I'm rarely satisfied. And I like my mindset is like, what's next? I always do your job. And I think um, what made this team good was like, they took on that mindset. Not that it was like forced down their throat, but like what's next to our job. Um, so I, th- I think those three things would be where I would go there. Okay. Okay. Best player you have ever coached against. Um. I think Emma Gertis from Wartburg this past year, or she's a senior this year, couple time all American. Uh, her stats aren't going to crush you, but her minutes played well. Like she doesn't play a ton just because their margin of victory is so big. Um, she could do so many things and super unselfish, but if she had 20 shots a game, I think she was a first team all American. Not that they ran a wrong system because they led the country in scoring. Um, she was really good in a bunch of different ways and could impact the game in so many ways. Okay, that's a good one. Who's the toughest coach you've ever faced? Bob Amsbury at Wartburg. It's a fun, it's a fun go, but he's really, he's really, really good. Who is someone in the coaching industry you really admire? Yeah, I. Um, there's a lot on this one for sure, and there was a lot on the last one too. But I like Brian Nemeth at Simpson. He's he's been at Simpson forever. He's loyal to the to the institution. Um, 
but he's they're very competitive every year um and he's been to elite eights and i mean he's been ranked more often than he's not but his longevity there uh and ability to sustain success is something that i admire about him okay that's another good one mm-hmm. and then what's your best basketball memory there's a lot on this one too i went with um we were the when we won the championship in 13 14 uh, we went to cut nets and our All-American, Katie Langmire, was first up the ladder, and um, which she was the conference MVP, All-American, all that. Um, but what was different about, and this tells you a little bit about who Katie was, she came down the ladder and waited at the foot of the ladder for every single teammate to get done and gave him a hug, even number 19, um, when everybody else is, and not to fault everybody else, but when everybody else is going to their parents and like celebrating with family and showing their piece of the net, Katie was one to recognize what one through 19 did on the floor every single day. I thought that was just different. I, I started tearing up at that moment because it was, I mean, to be an All-American, you got to be a little bit different, but how she operated was super different and she understood that. That was pretty cool. That That is really special, Coach. That was a great memory. Yeah. Um. I want to leave our listeners with this. Um, Obviously, if they listen to the whole pod, they know that your program has been extremely successful. They kind of got a feel for who you are as an individual and what you try to build and are currently still building at Loris. But can you take us through maybe why Loris is a great place to continue your academic and athletic career? Yeah, I mean, I think there's a... um it's a really good balance. We have really high level academics and we're not WashU or Chicago or the Ivies, but I think there's an X tier there that we compete with. Um, But it's also proven that you can win. Our men's wrestling team was one in the country. Men's track was two in the country. Women's track just won a national championship. Men's basketball just went to the sweet 16. um, When we were 22 and six last year, we were the worst team in the winter season at Loris. (laughs) Um, so it's, we've had a great run of like steamrolling success within all departments. Um, and that's exciting to be around cause it feeds each other. It, it's fun with, the uh, the colleague relationships that we have. And I think it helps our athletes a lot too. So I think there's a really good balance here that I'm excited about, continue to be excited about, um, that you can be, do really well at both. Well, Coach, I just want to say thank you for taking some time to talk on the pod. Um, I really enjoyed getting to hear your story, and I know a lot of people are going to enjoy listening to it. So I hope to see you out and about soon. Uh, Maybe we can get a game scheduled or something like that. But it was was great to get to know you a little bit. Yeah, I appreciate your time and um, research and questions and all that stuff. It was spot on. I appreciate it. I hope you enjoyed my conversation with the head women's basketball coach at Loris College, Justin Heinzen. Once again, I want to thank Justin for joining the pod. I enjoyed getting to talk about his unique story and how it seems as if fate led him to Loris. I'm excited to see what they do next year. If you made it all the way to the end of the pod, I want to say thank you to you as well. If you enjoyed the small school Big Time Hoops podcast, please subscribe, leave a five-star review, and keep tuning in. If you know someone who loves the game of basketball like you do, help them out and share the pod with them. 
We have a lot more great guests joining the podcast soon. This is Javon Masters with the Small School Big Time Hoops Podcast. Until next time, stay safe, stay positive, and keep growing the game.